0: Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast for the love of the Sox, hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 129. I am Nick Morowski, and this is a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast, very local recording, just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful uh, Bridgeport. You can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcast, subscribe, pass it along, check us out on the shy website, where we have some gorgeous, comfortable, affordable t-shirts. Uh, we're on Twitter at good guys, TV, and we've got a Facebook fan page. Let me bring in uh, the co-host, Pat Hester, hello sir.
1: Nick, it is beautiful to talk to you tonight. I'm excited. It was a you know, an interesting <laughs> series versus Toronto and I, it happened as I predicted, a split.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So you we're can gonna... call me a genius. That's what we're going to spend the next 45 minutes talking about how Pat was right and how smart I am. I'm excited. We're going to uh,
0: also cover your predictions on cease and what actually happens. So uh, hold on on that genius <laughs> stuff. Um, uh, before uh, we get into everything, uh, you know, I, I teased this on uh, social media. Uh, Pat, we found out uh, earlier this week that Good Guys Talk Back uh, officially broke into the U.S. top 200 for all baseball podcasts on Apple. Uh, yeah so congratulations to you sir and uh, want to thank uh, our listeners uh thank you for you know continuing to pass this podcast along uh, whether you've been with us since the beginning or you're just jumping on recently um, thank you uh continue that Uh, we do appreciate it
1: well this is all kudos to you nick i mean this has been your creation your brainchild you put in 99.9 percent of the work to make this thing go and i'm just happy to be a small sliver of it so congratulations to you
0: it's uh it's a labor of love uh you and i are a couple diehard dedicated uh socks fans as we know that our listeners are so uh Mm -hmm. Been really enjoying this ride and uh, socks split, you know, with Toronto, Pat. Uh, like you said, uh, you had called that. Uh, we're gonna break down this series, uh, but here's your state of the socks. Uh, socks are 74 and 55 as we record nine and a half games up on Cleveland. However, Cleveland's got a healthy lead right now, so that could go back to nine games. Uh, we're a plus 132 run diff. Uh, Three and four on this road trip, Pat. Uh, however, seven and seven against New York, Oakland, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. Uh, the Sox on their way home uh, to face the Cubs uh, here on the south side. Um, so there you have it. That's kind of where we're setting the table here.
1: Yeah, you know what? And a lot of talk has been, you know, geared towards the the Sox versus 500 teams and what their record is. And I sent you a text the other day that this was pre uh, game three of the Sox Toronto series. And I just updated my own, my own numbers here. The Sox versus Boston, Oakland, Tampa Bay and Toronto. Now this year are 12 and nine. Mm -hmm. So you, and then you look at the rest of these teams that we've faced Houston in New York uh, were three and 10 against now, given the small uh, sample size that we saw versus Houston at home, I think I would like to think that that's the team we are more so than the team that we were when we were in Houston. Houston doesn't so much scare me. Now, they're good, and that's not going to dismiss them as an opponent, but I don't fear them. There's only one team right now in the playoff picture in the AL that scares me, say and it that's New, the, York. Say it, and absolutely. It's New York. Yankees, and yeah. it's because of their Yankee way. And I've talked about it with you more privately, I think, than maybe on the podcast. It's because of their the way how patient that organization has decided to be at the plate at all times. And they expose us by team, by us nibbling and trying to get people to swing and miss. And when we're not getting people to swing and miss, and we're trying to get them to go outside the, the zone and expand the zone, they have the advantage because they are taught patience. That's why Yankees, Red Sox games are always take like four and a half hours because there's so many walks and there used to be so many pitching changes and all this other crap. So we do not match up well against the New York Yankees. That has been proven out by going one and whatever we are against them. Yeah. But the yeah, rest I, of the teams that were, they're in a playoff picture, not going to say I don't, I don't fear them, but I think we we stack up pretty pretty well against them.
0: Yeah, you know, we again we we've we've talked about this uh, uh, this September schedule that's coming up, and you know you don't want to overlook uh, the Cubs and Pittsburgh, but we are for the sake of this situation here uh, in, in September. Starting on the seventh is when things get a little hairy. We go to Oakland for three, which has been just a nightmare for the Sox mm-hmm. as long as you and I have started following this team. Uh, then we've got three at home against Boston, three with the Angels and then 5 uh, at Cleveland uh, in 4 days beginning on September 23rd. So I like those numbers you threw out. Um mm-hmm. but there you know there's a lot of baseball to be played. I look at the Sox here and it was a dramatic uh, win uh, today. It didn't really have to be but we're going to uh, talk more about that. You know, a win is a win at this point cuz I just you know this is a marathon. 162 is a marathon and folks if you ever trained for a marathon before if you've ever attempted this, you know, you, you hear the term wall, like I hit a wall. And that's a real thing, your body just, you know, it, it feels like you're hitting the limitations, and you cannot go any further. And if you haven't been training, well, then you would shut down because you're, you're you just feel like this is the end for you. But if you are training, you've got experience in this in this wall mentality, you know, it will pass, you know, how to you know, hydrate yourself, you know, electrolytes, what have you, you're going to get over this wall and then you will be stronger and you will finish. I feel like the sacks right now in this marathon, 162, especially with some guys that might not have played this many games before Andrew Vaughn, uh, Carlos Rodan, who hasn't probably mm-hmm. pitched this many innings in a while they're they're in this ever. wall. I, I don't think, I think this is the most, pick,
1: I'm not, I mean, seriously, I think this yeah. is the most innings pitch he's ever had in his major league career.
0: Yeah. So I, you know, I see the offense and you've got the guys back aside from Grandal and, and, you know, we'll talk about the rest, but I just feel like they're, you know, they're, they they kind of hit something recently and today was a great sign. And, and you know, you talked about, uh, you know, New York's discipline and boy, that was uh, something that was preached on by Frank Manichino uh, uh-huh. yesterday. Uh, Manichino says to the guys, Hey, and and if you watch the games, folks, you saw what was going on. Our, our, our bats were chasing everything outside of the zone. I mean, Robbie Ray, you know, he pitched a heck of a game, but he got us to chase stuff out of the zone. We played Mm -hmm. his game and Menachino is like, Hey, look, it's simple as this. Stop swinging, you know, at balls that are outside of the zone, swing at strikes. We need to take walks. We need a little bit more discipline. And and I saw that today uh, with the Sox.
1: Yeah, and and I think, boy, there was some crazy stat on the on this road trip of of the number of walks that we've had, and it's been minuscule. So Mm -hmm. it was nice to see them uh, turn that around and have a better plan of attack uh, today versus uh, versus Ryu, who was pitching. So you know that was it was nice to see um, that it was a little bit troubling uh, throughout, but I would say the one constant throughout the you know, the entirety of this at least four game series that we've seen was the starting pitching was, was for the most part, pretty stellar, Nick.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. It's been the bullpen. The bullpen has been, um has been a problem and mm-hmm. 10 runs given up this series, eight earned. I mean, five of those were from Kopech today, but that's uh very un bullpen like uh, yeah. for us this year. Um so, you know, I, I agree with you. And Rodon coming back today and the way he pitched. Uh, how about this stat? Speaking of guys coming back, T.A. was out of the first two games with some leg stuff. It was good to have him back in game three, game four. Uh, really, he, his presence was felt in this last game. They they mentioned this. Uh, I think Benetti mentioned it and Garfine mentioned it in the post. When Tim Anderson drives in a run, the Sox are 32-3. and three. R- Wrap your brain around that stat. I mean, it's not surprising because Anderson's yeah. the straw that stirs everything up. But to actually put a, a number on that, you know, the thing that we feel, you know, you, you say to your buddy or you say to somebody you're watching the game with at home or whatever, like, man, it just feels like we're always doing well when when Tim gets on base. Well, there's numbers now. And mm-hmm. when he drives in a run, the socks are 32-3. and three.
1: It's insane. That's, I, I didn't hear that. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I didn't realize that. You hear a lot about the when they hit a home run, when they hit two home runs. I mean, their winning percentage is insane. And obviously, with uh, I believe it was four today. Uh, that boded well for us. I did not know about the about the Tim Anderson driving a run. So, you know, do you bat him third then? I'm just kidding. I'm, yeah, right. I'm kidding. I, no, I... I... <laughs>
0: You would, you know, you would look at that and you're like, you know, of course, this guy, uh, we need this guy and we need this guy healthy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he had some leg issues, uh, obviously playing turf in Tampa, playing turf uh, in Toronto. Um, he got some rest, uh, but it, it, when he wasn't in the lineup, boy, it looked lifeless. Yeah. It feels, you feel it.
1: And, and we, it was the same thing last year when he was out for that extended period, Correct. you know, even in the shortened season when he was out, it was just kind of, yeah, you felt pretty good about the rest of the lineup guys that can get things done. It just didn't feel like anybody could get it going. You know, like it it was like once, once TA gets going, it's like blood in the water for sharks. It's like a feeding frenzy. So,
0: it's, it's going to be man. really
1: important uh, to keep him in a good frame of mind and a good uh, good health. Today was uh, such
0: a great example of that. And you talk about blood in the water. Third inning, uh, two outs. Anderson gets on. And then, you know, just the floodgates open. Robert works an 0-2 count to a full count. The discipline by Robert in that at bat. Folks, if you really want to split some hairs, and 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 a lot of you that are listening to this podcast, you psychoanalyze the games like we do. If you could go back and rewatch this game, find the third inning when the Sox started scoring. Look at the Robert at bat. He was 0-2. He worked the count to full. And then he drove a ball that, you know, Ryu just, you know, he had no business throwing that. That was a mistake. And Robert drives it into left center. Abreu goes back to back, three runs with two outs, and Ryu had Robert O2. Yeah. That you know, th- that is what you love to see mm-hmm. that discipline, but it all started with Anderson continuing the inning and getting on.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. And they they broke down that at bat a lot in the post-game show today. I saw uh Scotty Pods and and Chuck breaking that down and just how important that at bat was. And you know what I take away from that too is one how strong the guy is. I mean, oh, he, to me, watching yeah. that, it didn't. It looked like it got in on him. I was off right off the bat. I didn't expect that ball to to leave the yard, and and it did. And the guy's just strong, like like crazy strong. We got a lot of crazy strong guys in this lineup. The one that Abreu hit. I mean, I didn't ultimately think that would, but he could, barreled it up, and he's got enough mm-hmm. strength to get it out of the ballpark. So, yeah, it's it's fun to see. Uh, when the lineup is going the way it's going it just needs I think a little bit more consistency and I think that'll come and you talked a lot about Nick with the marathon and hitting the wall and things like that I'm curious what you think then in in terms of you're putting it in uh, and comparing it to an actual marathon an actual run Mm -hmm. and you run a marathon yeah how much more juice do you get or adrenaline do you get knowing the finish line is just beyond uh, you know just within reach You get a ton of juice.
0: And, you know, we, we talked about this a a couple episodes ago with Lance Lynn's uh, off season workout, Uh, you know, James vegan from the athletic wrote a great piece on uh, the preparation that Lance Lynn puts in to make sure he's ready to go through October. Okay. Mm -hmm. The, the playoff schedule just came out this uh, past week. And if you go to a game seven, in the world series this year you're playing in i think early november maybe november 3rd would be game seven so you are conditioning your body with the preparation of i am not you know simply just you know i don't necessarily want to just finish this i want to finish it strong yeah um and 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 once you get through some of these hairy patches here you know it's like you almost proved yourself you can do it Mm. um and, you know, marathon is a very singular thing where we're talking about baseball as a team effort. Guys are picking each other up. It's a family, you know, thing, especially with this White Sox club. Uh, but when you can see, uh, you know, the work that you put in starting to pay off, you can see the finish line. Uh, and there's kind of like multiple finish lines, though, right? There's, you know, the season, there's the division. There's mm-hmm. these different marks that, I, you know, I know the Sacks are trying to, check off and and, you know anderson said it earlier this week he's like the the goal is october for Mm -hmm. us that is in the crosshairs we just need to make sure we're healthy and rested
1: yeah and and they need to learn from last year too right because because it was last year it was we got here we got in the playoffs and they took the foot completely off the gas pedal so it's got to be a fine line right it's got to be you hope and we're hoping that we're not going to be stressing out towards the end of september i feel like we um, probably will be i but will we're yeah. hoping that we're not going to be in that point where we're we're you know wringing our hands and gnashing our teeth well, over every pitch yeah. but but i i really it's like you got to get to that point and maybe take your foot off the gas for a second and then go again because you got to get yourself in the right frame of mind going into the playoffs
0: yeah it will look who was running the show and hey I was the biggest Ricky Renteria fan, um, you know, but he, we saw who he was uh, mm-hmm. down the stretch, especially in the Oakland series, how he managed it. Uh, Tony's got, he's got more depth. He's got more guys. Uh, so, you know, you can't exactly compare, but I, I am hoping we will just, he will, you know, use his experience. He's got the three rings. I've been down this road before. I am going to rest guys when I think they need rest. I'm going to listen to guys. Um, and, you know, again, it, it, it's a roller coaster. You've mentioned this to me uh, before we've recorded in, and it is. And and, and this is how it is with any uh, successful team. Uh, mm-hmm. if, you know, Your fandom, there's these highs and lows. Um, so, I mean, and, and that's what this series was. So let's go ahead and just let's go right to game one, which was, a crazy game Uh, sacks lose two to one Uh, Lynn went seven strong four hits one earned run uh, four strikeouts and zero walks which I love that zero walk Uh, he's he's down to a 2.20 era Um, you know just you know no offense really and and it came down to towards the end of the game and um, you know Kimbrell and Sebi something was going on with Kimbrell and Sebi Uh, But even before that, you know, Vlad's up. Vlad Jr.'s up with a 3-0 count. And why not walk or just put Vlad Jr. on at that point? Why Tony, with all of his powers as a manager, does not simply uh, put him on? Uh, Lynn pitches to Vlad Jr., gives him a middle-middle. I, I don't know, you know, Lynn says he missed his spot. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I am wondering if Lynn's like, Tony's going to kill this guy. Tony's going to kill Sebi. I have to take the blame for this right now because Vlad crushes it. You know, we lose the lead. Yeah. And uh, at, when that inning ends, man, the, the interaction between Tony and Sebi, that was intense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why you don't put them on other than, you know, the trust the manager has in the pitcher to get the job done. If it's somebody else, maybe, maybe he makes a different You think decision. it was like a
0: professional thing? Uh,
1: yeah, I think so. And I, but I don't really understand what, I don't know if it was ever discovered what the issue TLR had with Sebi. I think the more interesting thing is how everybody's all upset that, you know, Sebi got undressed a little bit, but who cares? I don't care. I, I'm glad you feel that way. I don't really care. Ooh, Give me ooh, a break. Yeah, if if this is, if, if you're talking, um, you know, if it, if this is Yaz, maybe you don't do that because that's a veteran guy. Sebi, you're, quite honestly, you're lucky to be in this position, and maybe you need it. You know, maybe don't let a ball get past you every, every other, you know, inning. And I like Sebi, and he's done a fine job. But my God, has he let a couple things get by him, and more often than I've than I'd like to, you know, really know, but uh yeah, I don't really care about that. I, it's just it, all of it's interesting and we you know, there's there's decisions made in every game that we can that we can break down and and second guess. I think it's just in that situation it's I trust my guy that he's going to get the job done and I'm not going to show him up and and put a you know, let let him go out there and compete because I trust yeah. my guy. And it yeah. didn't work and it ultimately didn't work
0: yeah and and Lynn took ownership on that and and I don't know that that's where I the reason why I say well maybe Lynn tried to cover for Sebi is because you know Tony went after Sebi and it it almost in in Tony's mind if you're trying to uh, trying to psychoanalyze that like Tony might have said I'm giving you permission to call the pitch and is that where you called it like what what's what's wrong with you almost like what are you crazy um you know kimbrell comes in and throws one and he just i mean i sometimes kimbrell man wow and we got a lot to talk about with the closer position uh in this podcast but kimbrell in game one just threw one almost into the dugout there was no way Sebby is stopping that yeah okay well yeah I'll give I'll give, some, I'll give I'll
1: give i'll give sebi a break on that one yes
0: yeah and 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 toronto goes ahead and wins 2-1 that was a sour game because lynn pitched really well mm-hmm. uh as we were hoping for uh after what was a very um a rough outing for him the previous time uh, he took the hill uh, g- game two is is a cease game this is the game that you were predicting uh i think five innings for cease i have it i have it jotted down here did, um, you,
1: did you remember to jot it down
0: Yeah, I have you as, uh, you wanted Cease, uh, you you said five (laughs) innings for Cease, 110 pitches, uh, three earned runs and eight strikeouts.
1: Yeah, Uh, wrong. I was close on the strikeouts though. I was really close. Um,
0: Yeah, Cease had a hell of an outing. Uh, uh, Almost uh, almost identical uh, to Lynn. Seven innings strong, four hits, one earned run. Uh, they were just different in, in strikeouts. Uh, yeah. Cease had his seven Ks and, and only one walk. Cease has got his ERA under four. Um, and, and I and I I got some notes here on Cease through the years. Um, so right now uh, we've got twenty games to look at in twenty twenty one for Cease. Twenty, I'm sorry, twenty six games, one hundred and thirty seven innings, and he's got that three nine two ERA. Well, in 2020, uh, he had 12 games, 58 innings, and he gave you a slightly above four ERA. 2019, 14 games, 73 innings, and he had a f- close to six ERA. He had a 580 ERA. So well, what does all that mumbo jumbo mean? <laughs> he's, he's, he's trending in the right direction, folks. Uh, he is. Uh, sometimes it doesn't look like it. But his stuff was dancing. Uh, he had command of his stuff. Um, and, you know, that that's the guy when everyone talks about like, OK, well, who's going to get left uh, out of the playoff table? And it's like, well, I'm not sure about C's because he's a little inconsistent. He gives you that kind of outing consistently. Well, you, you have to include him in the conversation.
1: I think I think so. I mean, his stuff plays, Nick. We've talked about it a bunch. And when he's facing a team again, where have his some of his troubles happened against the New York Yankees, a yeah. team that's patient because they know a guy like Cease wants to strike everybody out, right? So that's yeah. where he's got to. He's got to. He's got to look more towards the opponent and what they're trying to do against him, and maybe a little bit less about what I'm trying to do all the time because my stuff is going to be better than you. Yeah. Listen. You got to almost sometimes pitch the guys contact and get out of innings and be efficient rather than try and be high strikeout guy. So I love what I saw from Cease. His stuff plays. He he's got the swing and miss stuff that that people dream about. Yeah. So he's he's still not quite as polished as I think a lot of Sox fans would like him to be. That's why they give him a lot of shit on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I would take him every day. And I'll tell you yeah. what he was—he's every, every bit as important if it all pans out as Aloy was in that trade.
0: Yeah, he—you um, know, maybe he—maybe he has a conversation with uh, Keuchel—a short conversation of, you know, I'm trying to mix in some more, you know, pitch to contact. You know, I don't necessarily want to wipe out all the time, but could I take some? Could I take something off of some of my stuff so mm-hmm. it's not as biting? But, you know, I can get maybe, you know, guys just to be on their front foot. Um, you know, th- they're going to be smart with that. But I, I was really impressed. And the offense was there to help them out. I mean, first two guys get on, then a three-run homer by Abreu. Um, and then, and then the you know, the end of the game gets, you know, Kopech comes in. He's got a short leash. He did not pitch very long at all in the game. He looked pretty perturbed. Uh, and then Hendricks, 40-pitch save. Forty uh, pitches for the man. Um, he's laboring right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, he labored in that game. Nick, the three previous games though w- were pretty good for Liam. So uh, a, f- a five-out save, you know, not the traditional way. I trust Liam Hendricks to get it done. But previous to that game, he had gone one inning, no runs, no no hits. He had gone one and two-thirds, no runs, no hits, an inning and no runs, no hits. So an inning, nothing, an inning and two-thirds, nothing, an inning, nothing, with a bunch of strikeouts in there, and then he comes in against Toronto and goes an inning and two-thirds, three hits, and one run. So I'm, I'm, I am I'm, look at more of these blips on the radar, which are, for him, you know, they're blips, and they hurt, right? And then the blips that he had was against the Yankees, which sucked, right, when, when it happened to him. Yeah. But I still I still have a lot of trust and faith in him and I still have ultimate trust in him being our closer. And I just think it's more or less if you're looking at the, the people want to change the closer to Kimbrell, I, I don't I haven't seen enough from Kimbrell to say I'm 100% on board with that happening. I think Kimbrel's fine. I think he's, he's a, a, still a fantastic acquisition. But he's, he hasn't done enough for me to just say I'm going to rubber stamp him as my closer.
0: Well, oh, but, but that's the conversation we had last, last episode of maybe you're not, you don't have that rubber stamp because he hasn't been pitching in the ninth. And for some reason, psychologically, he has to be pitching in the ninth to do his thing. So he's kimbrell has been pitching in the eighth and we're not getting the best uh, of him because that's not where he wants to be. There's something that, you know, the wires just aren't connecting when he's in the eighth. I mean, he came in in the ninth today, Pat, and he looked, you know, unhittable.
1: Well, uh, he was laser focused, so this was the quote that i I, I pulled off a James Fegan tweet uh, about you know Kimbrell about himself. It had nothing to do with what what the idiot was, which again, he's probably gonna say that regardless. It had everything to do with what I've been working on the last couple of days of executing that. I was uh, I was able to execute my pitches and I got the job done. So it's more about execution and mechanics, I think, with him, with all these guys. And we we go back to what Hendricks said his Mm -hmm, trouble was, mm -hmm. was his his breaking stuff wasn't working for him. For, For whatever reason, Kimbrel didn't have the spin on his fastball that he'd like to have. So... Yeah. You know, I, I work
0: on it now, I guess, yeah. you know, and, and uh, I get that. And I and I did read a little bit about that earlier and, you know, just getting behind his, his fastball, you know, working with his legs, staying behind. Uh, that's a real thing with a pitcher. I get all of that. Um, you know, the, the terms, you know, pitching within yourself or staying within yourself. It's well, you don't want to overthrow and everything has to be, you know, it, it, it's very. It's stack. You talk about stacks, you know, pitching coaches will talk stacks and and how your foundation is built, starting with your legs. And so I get that from Kimbrel. Um, You know, I'm not looking to make a change either, my friend. Uh, I think Hendricks is our guy. And don't tell me you can't pitch in the eighth. But I also think that Tony has so many weapons right now. And I think he is still trying to figure out how to use some of these guys. Is it because you know,
1: it's too much of the same? Like you've got too much of the same guy and you don't know how it all fits into the puzzle
0: yeah i you know look at look at game three um we can go backwards or we can just start from the beginning i mean giolito awesome you know the giolito we wanted we were hoping to see this was the follow-up we were like oh no is this going to be uh the drop-off start for Gio because he's been hot cold hot cold he followed up uh the Tampa Bay start with six innings, five hits, one earned run, six strikeouts and a walk. I mean, mm-hmm. he he has his ERA down to three, six, eight. Um, he looked composed, he looked confident. You know, he had command for three pitches, I believe, yeah. That he was throwing, and his changeup was, you know, that that little butterfly that he throws when it's working. Um, and, and then you have to bummer ruiz now. Tapera, you know we're going to talk about him more in, in game four bummer um not good not um, good again not good again and you know he had he had three straight hits uh in game three of this series uh boom 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 and i you know they weren't like terribly hard hit balls but i don't know if he's he has the same situation uh that Keikel suffers from is when he throws ground balls especially on turf yeah. it's going to be bad news pat yeah
1: Yeah. No. And, and bummer has been the um, unfortunate on the unfortunate side of so many, I feel like infield hits against him. You know, it's like everything is chopped in front of them, in front Mm -hmm. of the plate and a play can't be made. And then it just kind of snowballs from there. It just seems like with him. So yeah, bummer has been a back to being more of a bummer this year it yeah. was like it was like started bad then it was like oh the real bummer is back and i I think it was even maybe chuck had mentioned oh one of the best acquisitions we got at the trade deadline is the real bummer back and he had been pitching really good and now he's reverted back to this like like it's a it's a roller coaster again with with him so Maybe yeah. we're on. We're maybe we're due for a little bit of an incline with with uh, Bummer, but you you mentioned Gio. I was really uh, impressed with his start. He was very efficient again. I don't know where he ended up as far as his pitch count, but I feel like if he had to, we could have pushed him into the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is from Ryan McGuffey. Uh, these are his AL ranks since the All Star break. ERA two point eight six was ranked third. His WHIP is .93, which is first. Innings pitch 44, which is fifth. And his batting average against Nick is 204, which is second. So, you know, we talked a lot about his up and down, hot and cold. But it seems to be, if you add it all together, ever since the All-Star break, this is more the geo that we've gotten accustomed to over the past two years.
0: Yeah, those are those are great numbers. Um, that's, uh, that, that is one of those things we talked about that cements your feelings as a fan. You're like, well, it just feels like he's starting to pick up a little bit more and yeah those numbers uh definitely uh solidified or galvanized your thought um you know I, again uh, we talk a lot about uh, bullpen and, and relievers and it, you know it's it's really difficult for everything to be clicking at all times uh mm-hmm. you, you kind of you have to ride the hot hand sometimes. And that's what I think Tony's going to be looking for as we, you know, go down this home stretch in, in September and into the postseason. Um, because you look at Bummer's last seven games, you know, six and a third uh, innings work, nine hits, three earned runs, seven walks uh-huh. to his 11 strikeouts. So not only is he, get, is he getting some bad luck with batted balls, but seven walks, and seven and a third innings, that's not good uh, out of the pen. You no. don't want to see that.
1: No, um, but this is, you know, you talked about it before. You had mentioned it at some point, you know, it's a team game and people pick each other up and and you it's – we'd love everybody to do great all the time, but look at Aloy up until up until today, Aloy had started to struggle a little bit and come back down to earth, but then who kind of started to arise was Mankata. So it's always like somebody's going down and somebody's coming up and somebody's struggling, but you got to have enough guys and enough talent on your team. That's why this is, it's so important to be as deep as we are because you're going to have guys that are struggling and guys doing great. It's never all going to be great all at the same time. That's just, unrealistic
0: yeah um and and that was a a great uh I guess a great example in today's game your your guy uh Lurie Legend uh in game four I feel like every time I turned around he was on base he was getting a big hit a guy we've a guy that we have written off on this podcast over the last three years so many times and I don't know if you know i'm sure somebody somebody must be listening to this podcast and say they're talking bad about you again uh good lurie they're talking bad about you again have a good game he had a great game i mean uh so a guy that you know stepped up and 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 you know danny has been sent down danny mendick and rodan uh back on the club uh and, and Lurie got some playing time this series and, and he, you know, he, he put out this, uh, this game. It was yeah, great. He still
1: sucks though. <laughs> let's not, let's not, let's not kid ourselves, Nick. I mean, this it's still Lurie Garcia. It's fantastic. But I like These gets, are the roles that I'm, I'm going like to keep Lurie riding him. In, though. I'm going to keep I, riding him and say bad things about him because he seems to respond.
0: Well, I, I like him in these like off the bench roles. Yeah, he was little, overexposed as a like starter. Pittsburgh. Yeah, like these little Lurie
1: moments. Like yeah.
0: here I am, check me out, and, yeah. and you you excel in that. And then you're
1: away for a few games. Um, <laughs> now you know, please go away. Please don't come out of the clubhouse we'll, for the next we'll five you, days. We'll
0: see you in Pit- We'll see you for the, that Pittsburgh series, Lurie. Um, <laughs> so Rodon's back, which is a sight for sore eyes. Uh, five innings, uh, which. you you figured he wasn't going to go terribly deep in this game after missing a few starts, Mm -hmm. Um, five hits, uh, two earned runs, uh, three strikeouts and a walk. Um, You know, he wasn't as sharp uh, as he would have liked, and that's to be expected, but he was serviceable. He got out of some jams, you know, um, and uh, it it wasn't the lights out, Rodan, but it was enough uh, because when, when he, you know, gave it up, it was nine, two socks. And Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, uh and and they mentioned it in the telecast, you know if you're watching uh, Benetti and, and Beckham were talking about for a guy like Rodon who's missed several starts, uh, this game to have that much offensive cushioning, I mean mm-hmm. that, that is a beautiful thing. Yep. Uh, it really helps uh, just the psyche and everything else for a pitcher uh, to know that you don't have to squeeze so much. You don't mm-hmm. have to be so fine. Um, so I was happy with Rodon.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, really I, was. I, I can't complain either. You're right. It wasn't as electric, I guess, as we had gotten used to pre uh, the, the IL stint. But what what pissed me off the most, Nick, was the damn uh, Sky Dome and, and the umpires. <laughs> I
0: know you were. I not, know
1: you were. Not just saying, hey, let's let's just take a break here and let the damn uh, the roof close up. I mean, he's you saw the way the mound look after a while, the, and and maybe even selfishly, I'm thinking the last thing I need this guy to do is lose his footing and 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 hurt something Bingo. here right yeah, coming absolutely. back. And I thought it was really, I, I thought it was a little bush league, really for for them not to say, listen, let's just stop this and let the damn roof close up. And I, why can't really
0: Tony? A good point. Why can't Tony or even Rodon just say, you know what? i didn't Liam do that during a game when it was raining? He's like, yeah. I, I can't, I can't throw. Like yeah. I have no, I have no footing.
1: That was in Detroit.
0: Right, you're right. That That's the last thing we want. I mean, and, and the folks that are operating uh, the Dome, the Rogers Center, I mean, where do they not have any information on hand where they can? I mean, where's their boss or where's their Tom Skilling? You know, hey, guys, there's a storm rolling in. Um, I, I don't know. If get they the roof have, closing.
1: Do you have the, the Weather Channel app on your phone? uh guy that pushes the damn button and i'm convinced that they did it slower than they normally do because because oh, I mean. it was just like this conspiracy this is my conspiracy theory they're like oh rodan he, he's got a guy on he can't grip the ball then there's a base hit and then there's a run and it's like oh we're just gonna slow this thing we put it on slow-mo there's two speeds yeah. there's there's medium and slow and they put it on slow
0: yeah, it uh, it sure felt that way, um, and and you know, anytime that there's stoppage and you get out of a rhythm, um, there could be problems. Uh, we have I'd rather have it. had
1: them stop though than than continue to pitch in, in that yes. and that, whatever that. Yeah, because is that real dirt? <laughs> I mean, I assume it is. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, they're not equipped It's dome do- dirt taking care of uh, of a rain delay. They have a damn roof. You know, yeah. so what the hell are those groundskeepers know about anything? Yeah, they're just throwing I, dirt out there like their kids in the sandbox.
0: Well, they, they've got that like quick dry stuff. That's like pretty much like uh, kitty litter. I think there was a there was a discussion on the uh, uh, on the broadcast if, if they even have a tarp over there, um, yeah. you know, but it, the way they operated that dome, it was like somebody went out to grab, you know, some lunch and they're like, yeah, this is gonna be fine. Um, and, and like in, in the middle of them coming back from their lunch, it started raining. They're like crap. Um, that Uh was not supposed to happen. That caught me off guard. Uh And then they had to react. Um yeah,
1: yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think some, whoever the guy is up there that controls that or gal had their significant other up there and they said, Oh, don't worry. Nothing ever happens. It's a sunny day. And then all of a sudden they're doing whatever they're doing. And then it starts pouring rain. All right, let me get this. That's through. my theory.
0: Your, your theory. Hold on, hang on here. Your theory <laughs> is that whoever was operating the roof. I want to say it's more
1: scandalous than more, than to- having lunch. <laughs> That's what decided, I'm saying to you, Nick. Moralski. Decided
0: to bring in their significant other to <laughs> show them space. the space. Like, let me yeah. just show Look you at where me. I work. Look at me.
1: I'm the guy that pushes the button for, and and, 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 as and, a pickup and the, line. This,
0: and the significant other was so enthralled with yeah. the fact that there's this one button. You have power to close the roof with this one button. Things got romantic. They got things passionate. Got, it got really got Passionate. passionate. And in these in these passionate moments, they forgot to close the roof.
1: Yes. That is a wild
0: accusation. That is one magic
1: loogie, you know, uh, is what I would say (laughs) to you, sir. Well, maybe it didn't happen that way, but whatever it was, there was a distraction (laughs) that was going on that led somebody to not push the button properly.
0: Uh, I will say this to you, though, sir, um, the T.A., uh, you know, he is the straw that stirs it, man. Uh, he, he was three for five with two RBIs and the offense came alive, um, you know, rain or no rain. Uh, it got tricky, though, uh, towards the end. Uh, Michael Kopech has been struggling as of late. Uh, his last three games, uh, two and a third innings pitched eight hits. Seven earned runs. Okay, that's two and a third innings. Uh, He's hitting a wall right now. Uh, Kopech came in for an innings of work today, uh, gave up five runs on four hits. Um, There was some talk uh, on social media, uh, maybe on the post about him maybe tipping pitches. Um, That's not the first time that's happened with one of our guys uh, this year. And it seems like when it does happen, they go back to video and they try to clean it up. Hopefully it wasn't anything beyond that. It's not a health issue or anything. Maybe it's just something with mechanics.
1: I think he's reverted a little bit back to the old Kopac in terms of trying to throw the ball through somebody's chest. I mean, yeah. he had 101 today. He was consistently throwing 99. I think it's. I think it's the situation of what Hendricks was dealing with against the Yankees in terms of he didn't have a second pitch to go through. And all he could do was throw the, as as hard as he could to try and wipe guys out because he knew we haven't seen that from, from Copac. Now he's still throwing 97, 96, 98 miles an hour, but today was different. Today was 99 consistently and over a hundred, a couple times. And it was because I don't have faith in a secondary pitch. So the only thing I got in the arsenal right now is to try and blow it past guys. And when mm-hmm. they recognize that he couldn't throw anything else, they could just gear up for the fastball. And if you're not spotting it properly and he's putting guys on, and that that to me is what I saw. A guy yeah. that didn't have anything in terms of a secondary pitch. And it's like, well, the only thing I got to do is throw it as hard as I freaking can. And he did a couple, he did a lot. Yeah. But uh, but you know, this is the major leagues, man. You're gonna get hit if you if that's all you got.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. He, he spiked one kind of into the ground. Uh, and when I see that, I, you know, Kimbrell did it the other day. We talked about that, you know, that pitch that Sebby just wasn't even going to be able to block that looks like you're overthrowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're really trying to, yeah, you put it through the catcher. Uh, so maybe he's not trusting his secondary stuff. Um, we'll see. I, I doubt you're going to see Kopech tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know Hendricks should be rested because Kimberl comes into the ninth and is razor sharp. So, uh, you know, we talked about you, you know maybe it's not a mentality thing, maybe it's a mechanics thing. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think that you'd want some consistency, but maybe it is a matchup thing down the stretch. I, I don't know. I, I think we as fans are like. Oh, wait. OK, we've got our seven, eight, nine. This is how we do it. But now look at what Tapera's giving given you. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tapera looks great. And Fantastic. Th- 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 we're getting a bigger sample size now and we know what we've got. I wasn't really high on the guy when he first came over. I didn't like what I saw the first few games, but now I, I'm really trusting him. Uh, In in some of those, you know, high leverage situations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you you, you talk about Tapera, very impressed by what I've seen. You talk about Kopech with him. I think it's more or less of there's no precedent to go back on with this. He's never been you know, in the bullpen in the major leagues, he's never had this long of a time period up with the big club. He missed all of last year. You don't really know what to lean on or go back to. So it's, I think that'll get itself worked out. He's proven he's shown enough this year where I think there's still an ability for him to get back to where he was. Um, I just think there's too much talent in the back end of the bullpen, Nick, for it not to work out. And maybe everybody just kind of figures out their roles here before we get into the playoffs and 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 then look out. I, that's what I'm hoping for. Anyway, I hope everybody kind of feels established on where they're at and what their position is and figures out whatever these little issues are here and there. And uh, and, and it's really going to be a weapon for us going to the, into the uh, playoffs.
0: Yeah. Uh, sacks three and four on this uh, most recent road trip. And as we said at the beginning, uh, seven and seven. Uh, against new york oakland tampa bay toronto this really tough gauntlet this stretch that the sox uh, went through recently um six and four in their last 10 games and and again they've got that nine and a half could be nine by the time uh, you are listening to this episode uh lead on cleveland um you know Nine is good, man. It, it's comfortable at this point, but there's a lot of baseball left. Uh, you don't want to overlook some of these teams that are going to be playing you tough because mm-hmm. you are leading a division. They want to look at you and they want to see, okay, well, I'm going to size you up because we're going to we're going we're gonna to play spoiler. And you know, this weekend series, Pat uh, Cubs coming to town. Uh, we swept the Cubs in Wrigley. Uh, there's some rumors that Grandal might be back uh, with the club. Uh, Keuchel goes game one. Uh, I'll be at that game uh, tomorrow night. Uh, you know hey, you can't overlook this Cubs team man. Uh, they they got embarrassed and I know uh, it, it's it's a different situation um, but they' they're looking to not be embarrassed man uh, because they're still playing for some city pride here.
1: Yeah, and for us on our side, Nick, it's got to be about just take care of business. Bring your lunch pail, bring your hard hat to the, the ballpark, and just take care of business. Don't overlook anybody at this point. There's no, there are no uh, layups or gimmies in this league, and you have to take every opponent seriously. And I don't think uh, I, I think Tony will put them in the right mindset. There, you can't. If I would be more concerned about this series, uh, Nick, if it was let's say Cleveland on the other side of the, of the series, right? Where you look past, where you look past the Cubs and bad things can happen when you look past the team. I think you're, you're looking past the Cubs and you've got Pittsburgh. It's like, all right, let's, we don't, we just need to concentrate on this. This is the game at hand. Let's play this game. We'll worry about those other teams when they get here.
0: Yeah, I would agree. You've got a couple days off next week um, and you're playing Pittsburgh, uh i like that business mentality you know um just take care of business one game at a time cleveland has got boston uh this weekend uh which would be more of a challenge than what they've been ha- uh, having so you never know uh, mm-hmm. by the time this weekend's over we could be back up to double digits um and, and that's how you play it man um yeah. you know i like you you know you, you you're very comfortable in saying you win series, win series. And mm-hmm. we, we want to sweep against the Cubs, but really I want to take, keep, take care of business, take, win the series and then move on, mm-hmm. um, you know, rest up and, and get ready for what Sem- September
1: is going to bring. Yeah, no doubt about it. And there's there, you know, you've, you've highlighted some tough games coming up at Oakland, which has always been, uh, you know, a bugaboo us going out there. Dare I say, just don't get swept in Oakland. I mean, is that setting the bar too low with what we've seen over the years? Just don't get swept in Oakland for crying out loud. Home versus Boston, which is a better situation. We know we're a better home team than road team. Same with L.A. You know, we played L.A. out there and, and you know, start the season and got it handed to us. And then the big one, Nick, five against Cleveland. You mentioned it a couple of times today and in our in our last podcast, you know, starting September 23rd, five, five games, four days. So a lot of stuff yeah. still yet to, to play out.
0: Yeah, um, look, uh, we we as Sox fans want this team to win every single game. Um, I, I know that's not always going to be the situation right now. Uh, Sox are in a very, uh, very unique spot. They haven't been in this spot in a long time. Uh, they're going to rest. Um, they're going to get guys ready for the postseason. You got to get there first, I understand. But, you know, what I'm looking for um, is just to be playing well you know, uh-huh. to, to, to look, you know, good at bats from guys, you know, like Vaughn right now, last 15 games have been ugly for this guy. You yeah. know, he he's hit a wall and he's in, he's in some uncharted waters. Oh yeah. You know, he he's let alone, never been playing this deep into a, a big league season or any, you know, any season above double a. Uh-huh. Um, and, and he looks it, he looks just a little weathered, a little tired. I wonder if he's going to maybe get a breather uh, soon, but I'm looking, you know, w- wins are important. Wins are obviously going to help, you know, building blocks to get uh, get this Division one. But, man, we go down the stretch here. I'm just looking for just, you know, guys to be, you know, playing good baseball, you yeah. know, clean baseball. Um, And, you know, just, I don't know. Uh, you, you worry about injuries, of course. You worry about this, that, and the other. But it's that mental thing. Of the, that you just want players to be locked in. so yeah. uh, that's what I'm hoping for.
1: I think uh, I think we're in for a hell of a run here, Nick. It's gonna be fun. let's let's try and enjoy it. there is there will be losses, yes, and hopefully we just have more wins and losses. Let's just put it that <laughs> way. Uh,
0: exciting stuff. as we as we've said on a few episodes, uh, more than a few, uh, it's just a it's a fun season, but, Yes, it, it you know it raises my blood pressure, you know, but it, it's been fun. This team, we've been waiting for a team like this for a long time, so uh, I'm excited, uh, you know, to stamp on some throats this weekend and uh, and then rest up and and see what next week brings. Always a pleasure, Pat, talking Sox with
1: you, my friend. Buddy, uh, a top 200 podcast. It's all on your shoulders and the the sweat of your brow. Well done, my friend. Can't wait to do uh, episode 130. Was that right? Next one will be 130. Fantastic. It will
0: be. It will be. Uh, Folks, thank you so much uh, for joining us once again, letting us steal some of your time. Hopefully, these Sox conversations continue with friends, coworkers, other Sox fans in your world. Uh, please pass this uh, podcast along to them. You can find us everywhere, including uh, on the shy website, where we've got some great good guys, talk back t-shirts. Find us on Twitter at good guys TV, as well as our Facebook fan page for Pat Hester. I am Nick Murawski until next time. Go socks!